Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 13 13 55. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Don't listen to these people, Ricky. You're a winner. You've got the gift. Always remember, if you ain't first, you're last. Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights. If you ain't first, you're last. So where does that leave the Australian cricket team? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, Chef George, thank you for your text. He said, Benny, Matilda's on the big screen with sound. Ashes on the phone at a 4-0 scoreline. The Ashes took over on the big screen. How did you watch last night? And if not last night, when there's conflicting sport on, what's your setup? What's your go-to? Help us out. Have you got the perfect formula? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Um, let's head to the Oval where it is getting quite late indeed. Barat Senderason, he's the treasurer of the Michael Nisa fan club, but he's also been calling all the action for SEN over the last six weeks. We always love having chats to him. Um, Barat, very good morning. Firstly, what 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 is the, the mood there at the Oval? Um, it's a beautiful full moon night. I must start with that. It's uh, it's straight from one of those uh, horror movies that you don't want to be watching at this <laughs> hour of the night. But um, I mean, from where I'm stood across the ground from the dressing rooms, I can see that the Australian team is just about packing up, uh, ready to leave. They've just um, hung back, uh, as teams do at the end of a long series. Uh, to just, uh, you know, kind of reminisce about what's uh, been and uh, come uh, and gone. Uh, a, a very different to what I witnessed here four years ago when the series scoreline was the same to all. Uh, but uh, I remember the Australian team from back then hung around for long, much longer. Uh, there was a, a tinge of, I mean, there was a sense of celebration uh, back then for sure. Uh, I remember them late into the night, um, the breaking into their own version of Sweet Caroline, but uh, much, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say so, I wouldn't say somber, but uh, definitely a quieter uh, end to their uh, tour here at the Oval this time around. Uh, Barrett, this is what I'm, I'm asking this morning, and I'm coming straight off the top with you to, to take the pulse on this. We have just witnessed one of the greatest test series ever played. It, it, it could very well could be, and yet there's a feeling of... Well, I don't know. What is the feeling yeah. right now? We should, we've got the urn, tick. We've just been part yeah. of an amazing series, tick. And yet, I don't know, is there a sense of, oh, what could have been? Or, or, or should we be actually embracing this team and what they've done? Uh, no, no. I mean, it's a bit of all of that, uh, really. I mean, I understand what you mean. There is a sense of um, something being incomplete. And I guess it may... It, like you know, the the English team will tell you it has a lot to do with the fact that uh, you know it rained in Manchester, and uh, I think it's just a prevailing uh, sentiment uh, to even you know, all of us uh, who've uh, been on this ride uh, from from this side of the fence, uh, where you felt like if say it had we had come to the Oval to all, uh, and just imagine what the scenes would have been like, uh, mm. as dramatic as they were anyway. Uh, but just leading into the final session today, uh, it would have just been another level. Uh, but I think that's probably where the that, that feeling of not being completely, um, uh, you know, satisfied comes from. Uh, and, and I think that vibe was felt around and around. I mean, obviously, for England to come back from 2-0, and I keep going back to that moment um, 
lunch uh, during the lunch break on day two of the third test, where they were seven for one forty-two, still trailing Australia by around one forty runs. And the way they fought back from there yeah. uh, to well, more or less dominate large portions of the remainder of the series kind of tells you why the two-all scoreline is is fair. Even though, like I said, England will say if only for uh, the Manchester Rain not to foil their plans uh, last week, uh, they could well have been three-two here, and uh, a turn would have been theirs. It's a ticket that I just want to keep buying over and over again. Maybe call me a sadist, but it, it, the emotional roller coaster. I, I know we can throw out all the cliches, but it's been so up and down. E- even in this test, to to see Kawaja and Warner get to none for 135 after uh, uh, yesterday, you just go, hang on, that's not part of the script. But that's the thing. There has been no script with this. Huh. Just Just on that, there's been a lot this morning made of the ball. The change of balls, yeah. and and look, I don't want to be sour grapes. I don't want to be blaming, I don't know, umpires. I don't want to. But the more I see it, the more I think about it. What the hell? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, that was a dramatically drastic moment uh, in this test match. Uh, it's not the first time, you know, the umpires have pulled out a ball uh, from from the box, and uh, it has done a lot more than the ball that had been, um, you know, replaced was doing. But it was just the uh, significant amount of uh, uh, movement and, like, how different it was to the ball that had uh, uh, been changed uh, is what really stood out. And it had, it had a telling uh, effect on uh, how the openers played this morning as compared to yesterday. They looked so comfortable before that ball was changed. Uh, but, I mean, it's just a question of the rub of the green going your way, right? Well, uh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's happened before. Usman Khawaja spoke to us on SCN and he said so as well. I mean, he's been part of matches, he said, where it's gone the other way. And, um, you know, eventually uh, three of the uh, crucial wickets did go to Moin Ali, right? He ran through the middle order, which yeah. had nothing to do with the ball. So uh, I think it's, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, did, it did change uh, to an extent uh, which way the game was going. Uh, but uh, you know, when they came back after the tea break or the after the rain break, Australia were in, uh, still in such a strong position thanks to Steve Smith and Travis Head. Now, the collapse that followed thereafter, I think, was the one that would hurt them the most. But mm. hey, again, that's uh, I, I think we spoke about this a couple of days ago. It's a, there's a reason why these massive run chases don't get don't uh, you know end up successful. And there have been what only eight or nine which have come uh, close to what Australia. Uh, would have achieved if they had got there. Four for 11 off 13 balls they lost. But, Barat, I remember being at Lords in 2005 and, and saw Glenn McGrath take two for five. Sorry, five for two off 16 yeah. balls. And he gets his 400. It changes the test match. Australia win with inside three days. So, uh, yeah, it, it swings and roundabouts. Barrett and a racer now. Man on the ground at the Oval, still at this late hour for him. Uh, soaking up the atmosphere, but also getting work done. Um, Barrett, I... I I guess now we turn to the autopsy, the post-mortem. Oh, God, it sounds like we've died. Um, but it's the, the, the takeaway from this, and the two questions I, I, I want to ask you is, one, how will this Australian team go down in, in history? Because they're not going to be together for much longer. And this yeah. this would have been and could be their defining moment, a World Test Championship, an Ashes series in the space of six weeks. How will this Australian team be remembered? 
Yeah, great question. I mean, uh, Pat Cummins had said uh, before this tour began that this could be a legacy-defining tour. And, and, and let's face it, I mean, they have, like, yeah, they would have loved to have won this series. They had many opportunities to, like, get into a position where they could have done that, but it hasn't happened. Uh, but it doesn't uh, take away from the fact that they are world champions. They uh, won that game comprehensively right here at the Oval at the start of this tour in early June which feels like a long, long time ago. Mm. Um, and they did take a 2-0 lead uh, to you know, more or less retain the Ashes. So, uh, you, I mean, you, it's not it's not a failure, even though it can feel like that to some, uh, just because they haven't won the series, which no Australian team has now since 2001, uh, which in itself is a, is a telling, telling stat, isn't it? Uh, which will mean that uh, the gap between uh, the last time uh, one of these teams won uh, away from home uh, this this would become longer than uh, you know what it took for England to uh, win in Australia between 1986 and 2010, which nobody would have called uh, you know an Australian team to go uh, without winning a series in England for so long. But yeah, I mean this, unlike in 2019, this is the closest they came to doing that. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean look, uh, the fact that you can almost split this tour into two months, right? June was Australia right on top, Australia uh, you know winning that big final, and then Australia. Uh, taking the 2-0 lead. But, uh, you know, July 2nd is one when they won that North Fist. Post that, it, it's been, uh, uh, yeah, it's been England more or less all the way. Barrett, my second question, final question to you is, um, and maybe put this in perspective, I remember listening to the commentary on SEN and there was a stat pulled out by the stat man. He's the local guy there and, and, and forgive me, I can't remember his name, but I'm dead set sure that he pulled out a stat that in the last 20 years in test cricket in England, the average opening partnership was 26 for all teams, all comers. Yeah. For the last 20 years, the average opening partnership in England, 26. So with that in mind, David Warner, has he earned the right to play next summer in Australia? I think so, very much so. Uh, you know, you can look at him, his numbers, and say, oh, yeah, he didn't make the most of his starts. But uh, like you said, opening in England, uh, you have to put it into perspective. It's not so much about what you average, but... Uh, it is often about uh, you know how, how how many overs you eat up against the new ball, mm. uh, and the partnerships you have. And Usman Khawaja and David Warner have had quite a few important partnerships uh, early on in the series, and uh, you know they may, couldn't have set up a better platform than they did yesterday uh, with their big partnership. Uh, you know the only century partnership for uh, for the first wicket across both teams uh, through the series. So uh, I mean I think David Warner has now earned the right to. Get his farewell at the SCG, uh, and you know, hopefully for his sake, uh, he makes the most of the Pakistani attack like he did four years ago with the big triple hundred and uh, uh, even more runs. So uh, I think it would be a, a fitting farewell. He's uh, he's deserved that. And, and look, I mean, he played well in the World Test Championship final. Very different yeah. to when he left these shows in 2019. Barrett, it has been an absolute pleasure to uh, hear you and the rest of the SEN commentary crew over the last uh, six weeks. It's been a long tour. I know you're getting ready to get home. I I I want you to leave us with this one, though. Stuart Broad flipping the bales over. Superstitions (laughs) superstitions in sport. What's your favourite? What's your biggest? Do you believe in them? Are they a myth or are they real? Well, after what Stuart Broad has achieved in this test, twice he flipped the bales and both times he took a wicket with the next ball. Yeah. And for him to do that at the end of his career, like he did today, uh, I mean, you know, you said earlier about 
oh i mean uh, there is nothing is followed uh, uh, any script yeah. in this series except stuart broad uh, career uh, coming to an end just the way he scripted it right him getting those two wickets and it was a privilege to be uh, there uh, to hear to uh, witness him do that uh, you know in front of family and friends and of course um, uh, thousands and thousands of adoring english fans uh, so yeah i mean that's that's the superstition that's winning i mean obviously all sports people are um ridiculously superstitious and most of them are uh so no it's good good to see something work um, maybe he might look back i mean he ended up at 604 wickets maybe look back and say if i started flipping bales earlier i might have ended up <laughs> i might have broken murlidharan's record of 800 who knows but now nah, i mean it, it was a lovely finish uh, in that sense to uh, uh i mean to a champion of our sport and he will be missed Um, and yeah, I mean, I'll miss being here for what has been a tremendous series, and it's been a pleasure talking to you all these months. Pleasure's been all yeah, uh, all ours, Barrett. Uh, thank you very much, and enjoy. Soak it up. <laughs> Cheers, man. Thank you so much, <laughs> Barrett Senderason at the Oval. Um, superstitions in sport. How will this team be remembered? Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four, six, seven, seven, three, six. And look, not just professional sport. Superstitions. What, what what have you done when you played or still play? Is it the left sock on first, right sock? Is it the special pair of un- un- oh, undies? <laughs> We're going there, aren't we? Uh, 13.13.55, 0467736. 0467736. Vanessa tapping her toes, giving me the evil eye. Yes, 9.37, time for a news hit.